Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches. These are honest conversations. We hope that they are helpful, fun, and make your work and home life more manageable. I'm Sarah Lockhart, and with me is Sari. I'm an SLP of now 11 years, and I work in a variety of settings, and I enjoy talking anything workplace or self-care related. This is a podcast to discuss work, life, and taking care of ourselves in a profession full of ups and downs. We talk about sage advice, tips and tricks, and how to make our work and home lives calmer and happier. And speaking of happier, I'm Sari Wu, and one thing making me a lot happier these days is finishing up my clinical fellowship and sending off my paperwork to ASHA to become a full-fledged CCC SLP. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, Sari. <laughs> Thank you. And this episode, we talk about a way to know your love language and why you should know yours. And we've also got a self-care challenge that involves random but targeted acts of kindness. The best kind. I'll also share some advice I've used to get through my first year of being an SLP. And Sarah shares why we may want to take a note from the Danes when considering school activities to teach empathy. So Sarah, I know it's summer for you, and your working hours are more flexible, and you've been reading a lot. I have. It's even surprised me. It's about two books a week. Um, How about you? Uh, I I don't read quite as many as you. (laughs) My summer just started, really, and I'm excited to be able to read more because I used to read all the time. Um, So right now I'm reading a book. um, It's Warwick Davis's autobiography called Size Matters Not, and I love it. Uh, Warwick Davis is an actor who plays Wicket in Star Wars and Willow in the movie Willow. He is three feet six inches tall, um, but like the title says, his size has never held him back, and it's really an endearing and inspirational story. I've enjoyed it. You know, we'll have to do a book swap this summer when you're done reading it, and I'll take a look. Okay, absolutely. It's always better to read something that a friend has recommended. And if you need something good to read... We are doing a summertime virtual book club. So if you're listening to this episode in real time, it's not too late. We're reading Circe by Madeline Miller, and we will have a live virtual book club meeting on Instagram in August. Just read the book for now and join us once we announce our August book club check-in date. Well, since we've been reading so much, we wanted to add an element of that into this show. And we have a new segment called SLPs Who Read. We'll share a book, what it has to do with your work or home life, and give you a takeaway you can use in your day-to-day life. So this SLP read is called The Love Languages for Work. The idea here is that we show care for others in the way that we like to receive care. There are five love languages in the book. Acts of service physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, and quality time. We wanted to talk about how the love languages apply to both your work and home life. 
Yep, we'll be sharing examples of how we've been using this for random but targeted acts of kindness for our coworkers. And we'll share how we are using the love languages at home with our husbands <laughs> and how that's going. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they refuse to take the quizzes. But we know them well enough to know their love languages, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Those stubborn guys, you know, we love them anyway. So first, how do the love languages relate to work? It might sound strange at first, but I'm pulling from a book that is actually called The Love Languages for Work. And, you know, the original book that I believe was written before is all about romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So we will talk about that, too. But first a conversation on using it at work. So the idea here is that we tend to stay in one love language. So whichever love language is ours, well, that's how we show appreciation for others. Mm -hmm. And by learning other people's love languages, we can build better relationships at work and help people feel even more appreciated. So, Sari, did you take the quiz, and what is your love language? I have taken the relationship quiz before, and I actually had two high scores in the areas of quality time and physical touch. I'd be interested to know how those translate into love languages at work. <laughs> hmm So your love language is your love language. So I totally thought yours was gifts, Sari, because you've given me a few gifts. So usually people give the love language they want to receive. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting you little gifts here and there. And so it sounds like I was wrong. So I was trying to be, you know, a love language detective and I tried to solve the case, but it sounds like I was so off. Oh, you weren't, you weren't off. I love giving gifts. So that's really not a far off guess. And I have loved all of the little gifts that you've sent me. They really do always make my day. And you've chosen really thoughtful and encouraging gifts, too, that mean a lot. You know, that's actually a great point. So, you know, this whole love language situation should be taken with a grain of salt, right? So you'll have things you're hiring, like for you, quality time. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that other acts of appreciation will fall on deaf ears. So being appreciated is being appreciated, period. Right. So, of course, it's not like you only have one love language and the rest don't matter. So it's just a matter of being slightly higher in one. So if you don't know what someone else's love language is, again, anything to show others you appreciate them is valuable. Mm -hmm. So anyway, one way to usually tell what someone's love language is, is to see what they like to do to show others appreciation. So we all kind of need all of the love languages, right? Like sometimes we all need words of affirmation, which is encouragement. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we all need quality time with people we love. And you know, a well-timed gift can be so thoughtful no matter what your love language is. So originally with you, Sari, I thought I really struck out with sending you a few gifts thinking it was your love language. And Until I came around to realize that we all need to be appreciated in a variety of ways. And maybe just for some of us, there are a few ways that make us feel slightly better. Absolutely. And you didn't strike out at all. Actually, it was very observant of you. For me, my highest love language is words of affirmation. I absolutely love hearing encouragement from others. Yes, especially when you can tell that it's genuinely meant and thoughtfully expressed. 
And you know what? I've noticed that when you encourage others, Sarah, you never just say, good job. You always construct a really heartfelt sentiment, and it means a lot more. There you go with words of affirmation, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> it is my love language. Um, well, I feel appreciated. And I also treasure the encouraging words that we get from listeners of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how could someone use words of affirmation, just as an example, to encourage me in the workplace? So the idea here is we're taking the love language into the workplace. So an example would be, you know, to use encouraging and kind words to show me that the work I'm doing is meaningful or that I'm doing a good job or even a quick comment acknowledging a project that I'm working on and how much time and care I put into it. Now, switching gears a little bit to Sari, as far as the physical touch, maybe that's not really a great one (laughs) for the workplace, but for quality time. And I'm just thinking out loud here, but maybe it would mean a coworker helping you out on a project, Mm. inviting you to a staff happy hour, or just checking in with you and showing you that taking 10 minutes to say hi and see how you're doing is worth their time, even though they're busy too. So do you feel like those things would help or how would you like to be appreciated at work with quality time? I think for me, quality time doesn't have to be going out of their way necessarily to spend more time with me. So it's it's quality time, not quantity time. And it's more important that when we're together, the time is spent optimally. And one example that's easy to think about is the cell phone. During meetings, I appreciate it when all members are present and attending to what one another is saying demonstrating active listening and showing interest and value in what everyone at the table has to say. And when a cell phone is out and someone is checking it constantly, the value of the time and the communication seems diminished. So you want coworkers who are active listeners. Yes. So it sounds like it's about giving attention. Mm-hmm and giving your full attention to the other person. And I've heard the quote that attention is love. I think that is the perfect quote for people who enjoy and crave quality time. It's not just about throwing your time around. It sounds like it's about fully paying attention to the other person. Again, attention is love. Yes, exactly. Giving your patients, coworkers, family members, etc., your attention and being completely present with your interactions, it really means a lot. So that's a summary of the love languages at work. Sari, do you feel comfortable switching to our personal lives? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Does your husband know your love language and do you know his? So my husband does. Uh, my husband's name is Dan. I don't know if I've mentioned that before on the podcast. Um, He actually guessed my love language before I I told him the responses to the quiz, and he was spot on. Um, And his love language is quality time, too. Um, Even though he didn't take the quiz, he (laughs) felt he agreed. I guess that was his, and he agreed that that was the one that sounded most like him. 
Uh, so we are one of those obnoxious couples that do everything together. And I'm sorry <laughs> to all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like when I go out to dinner with you, Dan comes. <laughs> so thankfully, he's a good conversationalist and he's he super easygoing and easy to get along with. So I'm mostly just teasing you. And, you know, he doesn't come all the time. But in general, where you go, Dan goes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's absolutely true. I'm guilty as charged. Quality time definitely means the most to him. And uh, the love language that means the least to him is gift giving. Mm -hmm. And Dan is the hardest person to get gifts for. When I do, he'll often say, oh, you shouldn't have, repeatedly, until I really wish that I hadn't. Oh, no. <laughs> when all, you know, all he needed to say was, was thank you. So I've been trying to coach him every year around his birthday and the holidays because as you've noticed, uh -huh. I love to give gifts, and uh, my husband just needs a little bit of help learning yeah. how to receive them. What about Alex? So, again, my husband didn't take the quiz, but, you know, we know our partners pretty well. So, <laughs> my husband, Alex, is acts of service mm -hmm. and quality time. Honestly, I struggle with those two so much. So, as you know, I work multiple jobs. I'm kind of always doing something for this podcast, and I've had a lot of family stuff going on lately, so I feel like those two things are so, so hard to give him because I don't have time right now, or at least I feel like I don't have time right now. So I have to purposely mark things out on the calendar, like go on a date or help Alex with a project because otherwise it gets lost in the busy day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. So on Sundays... Most Sundays. <laughs> uh, I've definitely not done this lately. But in general, on Sundays, when I do my planner for the week, I find try to find one afternoon a week for each whenever possible. So like one date and one project. But honestly, it's been weeks since I've had the time we've traveled and have ha had house guests. So I need to get back into it now that things are slowing down. And to be fair, he also struggles with giving me words of affirmation. So that's a hard love language for him. So I was always asking him for words of affirmation. And finally, what we agreed on is that once a day, I get to ask for a gold star. And he'll give me a word of affirmation or note something he appreciated about me during the day. And that's just so that I'm, like, not constantly bugging him about which is, you know, makes him feel frazzled. So Alex is one of those super thoughtful guys and he's always doing things for me he's constantly showing his care and consideration so it's not that he isn't loving it's just that both of us feel sometimes like giving the other person's love language is the hardest of all the love languages to give well I love that you both make a really conscious effort to speak one another's love language I think it's very romantic <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it, it sounds romantic, but, you know, we, we try just like everyone else is trying to, <laughs> to be as appreciative as possible. But, yes, um, my calendar is my best friend. So our recommendation for you is to figure out what love language you are by, you know, read the book or look it up online. So moving on up next. A self-care challenge, but first, an ad break. So you know, on this podcast, we are all about helping you make your life calmer, 
and more productive. Well, we've got a few things for you that will simplify your work life. Both of our sponsors aim to do that, and we'll share those with you today. Sarah, do you ever feel overwhelmed by keeping up with the research? Sometimes. It is time-consuming. And as speech-language pathologists, we depend on good research to serve our clients well. We strive to use evidence-based practice, but how much time do we really have to search for new evidence? Reading research articles is time-consuming, and as SLPs, we don't have much time. So, it's nice to have help wading through the research. One thing that's helped me, my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my membership with my own money because it is so helpful. So let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you too. They search all of the top speech-language pathology journals each month, looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice. They provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. You can join the Informed SLP at www.theinformedslp.com. Again, that's www.theinformedslp.com. You'll get 50% off of your first three months and then the regular price after that. With the code SLP Happy Hour, no spaces, all lowercase. And you can cancel at any time. And our second sponsor is SLP Now. SLP Now is the no stress membership designed to help SLPs like you plan effective therapy and manage their caseload with less stress than ever before. You log in, search by targeted objective or month or theme and print out materials for your learners and go. It's that easy. Instead of going onto websites where you buy items individually, for one monthly price, you can get access to all the materials you need for your learners. That saves time and hassle. I've been a member for almost two years, and I do feel clear-headed knowing my lesson planning is quick and effective. Joining SLP Now organizes your SLP lesson plan life so you can move on to doing what you got into this profession for, seeing your students. And if that sounds right up your alley, the best part is, if you are an SLP Happy Hour listener, you can get a free trial at slpnow.com happy. Again, that's slpnow.com h-a-p-p-y. And we're back. Now for the topic at hand, love languages and a self-care challenge. If you have a partner, a lover, a husband or wife, or even a family member, a parent, sibling, an aunt and uncle, figure out what their love language is and how to show them they are appreciated. Bonus points for doing the same at work. I know some of you have the summers off, but it's not too early to plan a back-to-school note or gift of appreciation. And by the way, this is not a foolproof system. I mean, my love language is is not gifts, but I would feel so appreciated if I 
received a gift from someone. And it's okay to give appreciation in your own love language too, if that's what makes you feel good. Bottom line is, people appreciate feeling appreciated. Yes. Knowing this was coming up, I tried this with the speech assistant that I work with. And uh, she was always putting together thoughtful goodie bags periodically and putting them on the SLP's desks to say thank you. So in return, I started putting together little goodie bags or writing her little thank you notes and leaving them on her desk. She loved them. And something I didn't expect was that we really started talking more afterwards and are something of kindred spirits. Uh, When I went in the first time to thank her for her little gift, we had a great conversation following and Similar interactions came about when I started returning the favor. She has quickly become one of my very favorite people. That is so great. So you recognized what she was doing to show appreciation and responded in kind. So I bet that made her feel really great. And, you know, assistants are so underappreciated. I hope so. She's fantastic to work with. And you and I know how important it is to feel appreciated for what you do. So how about for a partner or a family member? Who are you going to be a love language detective for this week? I should probably start with my mom. I think she's a quality time person too, but I'm going to investigate. You? Hmm. I'm going to pick my husband for the personal one, so I know it's an easy pick, but I've had so much going on, it's something I'm going to prioritize. So we've had house guests that, you know, have just left. So I think things are calming down, and I'm going to go back to my date night and project night that I used to put on my planner. And for work, you know, I'm working solo this summer, but I do have several summer interns floating through. So I'll be working... um, with them coming up in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep my love language radar up and try to figure out uh, what they might like to feel appreciated. That's so great. I hope your interns appreciate how lucky they are to have you as a mentor. I think it'll mean a lot that you want them to feel appreciated for how hard they work too. Next up, we share some advice that we've received from both SLPs and non-SLPs that has helped us manage and enjoy our work and home lives even more. Up this week, Sari shares advice that has helped her this past school year in her first ever school year as an SLP. And here we go. First up, let's talk email. It can be a huge time waster. Yes, and I think I didn't even realize it at first. Me neither. So episode six was called All About Email, and it helped me a ton. I was wasting so much time by consistently checking my email all day, and after we recorded that episode, I learned my lesson. I consistently make an effort to check only twice a day now, and it has made a huge difference in my workday. You know... I wish I'd known more about managing email when I started as an SLP. Email, you know, in some ways sucked my energy dry for a long time. So having boundaries around email is really what helps so much. So, Sari, do you have any suggestions maybe for people who are checking email throughout the day and want to try and do what you're doing now and only check twice a day from now on? Mainly to be consistent. Set a time in the morning and a time at the end of the day to check and respond to emails and stick to it. 
It all falls apart when you try to just send out a quick email in the middle of the day during your lunch break and get distracted by the emails in your inbox. Before you know it, you've used up your entire lunch break reading and responding to emails. So stick with your schedule. Write a sticky note to remind yourself to send out that middle of the day email during your afternoon email time slot. And if you absolutely have to send out an email between your morning afternoon times, make sure that that is all you do. Give episode six a listen if you'd like more tips on email management. I think it helped me a lot this first year and I think it'll be useful for you too. Mm-hmm. Yes, email can really suck you in. So sometimes I'll just write on my to-do list, you know, email such so-and-so about such-and-such without logging in to try to save myself some time and energy. That's a great idea. Uh, we've also done a few episodes where we talked about having difficult conversations and emotionally charged conversations with our clients' families. Mm-hmm. That was episode one and episode nine. Um, how, what about those episodes and talking about emotionally charged conversations has helped you do things differently at work. So we gave some great strategies for keeping calm during these conversations, and I've implemented all of them this year. (laughs) Uh, It's hardest in the moment, but if it's an emotionally charged email or phone conversation, one of the strategies that I liked Uh, for example, was not responding right away. Taking some time to think about what your goal is before engaging in that interaction and calming yourself down so you can better manage these situations. Mm -hmm. So giving time for things to simmer while the emotions aren't running high. So that's another one I wish I'd learned earlier. Um, Also, uh, we talked about some helpful scripts for saying no. Uh, That was in episode three which has been a game changer for me. I started the year saying yes or compromising to sort of half do things when people ask me to, and you'll hear me talk about it in early episodes, and it was taking time away from seeing students and doing my own work. Mm -hmm. So as we finish up with this segment, just to recap those episodes, episode six is all about email, episode three is about saying no, Mm -hmm. and episode one is about managing difficult conversations, and episode nine is about sharing difficult news with parents. We'll link to those in the show notes, which you can find in your podcast player or on our website. So now and then on the podcast, we share what we are talking about in our speech rooms. If you were to visit me right now, I'd be telling you about something I've been learning about and how it applies to the SLP world. I recently finished reading the book Option B by Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook and Lean In fame and Adam Grant, and it's a book about facing adversity and building resilience. I highly recommend it. Anyway, the book quickly mentions something I wanted to dig even deeper into here. So let's talk about Denmark. In all this talk of simplifying and happiness, you should know the Danish are well known for being happy and having high rates of empathy, which many think plays into happiness. We'll cite our sources, but what you should know and what many don't realize is the fact that empathy is a learned skill that many of us miss out on in America. In fact, some studies show empathy levels have dropped up to 40% in the U.S. in the last 30 years, while narcissism is on a steady rise. Hmm. But 
do we teach social skills with as much vigor in schools as we do reading, writing, and math? From what I've seen, good teachers are already doing it, but they might not let the administration know, for example, because in general, the administration might be all about test scores and academic time. I'd argue that we know test scores go up when kids are calmer and happier, but that's a discussion for another day. Briefly, and again, sources are in the show notes, Duke University and Penn State researchers followed 750 people over 20 years and found that those who were more socially adept had more empathy and were more likely to have full-time jobs than those who weren't as socially adept, Mm. who were more likely to drop out of school, go to juvenile detention, or need government assistance. So... Back to Denmark. Uh, In Denmark, there is class in time or class in hour. It's usually about once a week, and it translates to classes time. So it's a regular scheduled time where kids from ages six through high school sit in a circle and talk about any challenges they've had in the past week or so, including trying to work out social conflicts or difficulties with other students. To sweeten the deal, a new kid each time brings cake or another sweet treat. And who solves the problem? Not the adults, the kids. They might talk about cliques at school or bullying or having a hard time finding someone to play with at recess. The kids bring up the topics and the kids help one another solve them. The teacher steps in to keep the conversation on topic and help members on different sides of issues think about how the other person feels and develop solutions together. I love this idea, and again, I'm not trying to push doing one more thing onto teachers or SLPs or anything, but we all know it's not just kids with autism who need to build their social skills, and that there needs to be school-wide measures to build empathy and problem-solving in the kids we see. If your school uses RTI, I'm talking Tier 1, the bottom green part of the RTI pyramid, it's whole class interventions. And I recognize a lot of teachers are already doing community building in their classrooms, so this is just an idea to add into the mix if you aren't doing it already. And I also know that some SLPs are pushing into classrooms, and they do activities kind of in this vein. So if that's already a part of your life, how about adding in class and time? I absolutely love this idea, too. This may be something that I try to implement during my push-ins with classes or offer to model for some teachers or school counselors next year. Yeah, you know, I can see so many positive uses for class and time in schools. I could see it working well, for example, for a student with autism who wants to ask others for someone to play with at Mm -hmm. recess. Mm -hmm. I can think of it working for bullies who may bully less once they know they're going to have to talk about it in front of the whole class during Mm -hmm. class and time. So I think of it just working in so many situations. So bottom line is let's stop acting like kids are getting social skills development at home because we know this isn't always the case. So I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I just have to say it, that social skills are going to be more valuable when it comes to finding a successful future career, and they're more valuable than test scores. We often rob kids of opportunities to resolve conflict on their own. And this is a way for kids to learn to solve their own problems. Remember, we learn skills by navigating those situations ourselves. If your school has school-wide activities 
to teach these kinds of skills, let us know by emailing us because we would love to hear about it. You're hitting the nail on the head with this one, Sarah. We really need to change our way of thinking and approaching these skills with kids to set them up for better, happier lives. I really appreciate you having this honest conversation on the podcast. And speaking of appreciation, I'd like to share a podcast review. So, as many of you already know, my favorite part, or at least one of my very favorite parts of doing this podcast, is reading iTunes reviews. This week, I'm going to read a podcast review from Alyssa. This is our first SLPA review. Alyssa says, As an SLPA who has been pretty stuck in a rut with her career, SLP Happy Hour came to me when I needed it most. I needed to hear that I am still an awesome therapist, even if I'm not perfect, that others deal with anxiety and depression, and that it is okay to talk about it. SLP Happy Hour also came to me at a point in my life when I knew I needed something more in my career, but didn't know what. Following their podcast, as well as their Instagram, has helped me figure out which direction I want my career to go. Keep up with the insightful discussion, ladies. I am always looking forward to the next one. Oh, thank you, Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa reached out to me, and there's a hand-lettered card in the mail right now to her. So it is so fun to hear from listeners mm-hmm. across the U.S., and we haven't had any international reviewers that we know of yet, but we love those too. So thank you. Thank you. And this concludes this episode of SLP Happy Hour. We hope this episode was helpful and that you learn something along the way. I hope you feel connected and empowered by listening today because, you know, this job is full of ups and downs. So let's navigate through these thorny issues together. Remember, you are doing an awesome job and we appreciate you. You already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. And quickly, we have a brand new sticker shop open that I wanted to make sure to tell you about. It's slphappyhour.com slash shop. We'll link to it in the show notes. And we have three-inch circular stickers you can put on your thermos, on your water bottle, on your binder, on your laptop. Um, they can go through the wash. They're super sturdy. And they are SLP and self-care related. So... All the proceeds from the stickers are going towards ongoing podcast expenses for us. So thank you ahead of time. We hope you enjoyed this show as we talked about the languages of love, a self-care challenge, and ideas for supporting social skill development in schools as inspired by the Danes. So that we can reach out to even more SLPs, remember to subscribe, rate, and review and share our podcast with a friend. And if you're interested in our newsletter, you can go to our homepage, slphappyhour.com, and sign up. Coming out soon, we have a guide on saying no, and pretty soon we will talk about working in different work settings, including informative videos that we think you'll love. If you want to connect with us, you can visit our website, slphappyhour.com or find us on social media as SLP Happy Hour. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP Happy Hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Thank you for listening. Until next time.
Welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, I'll just, I'll just be good this time. I won't need any. We won't. I was about to say we we won't have outtakes this time. Okay. Sip of water. I'm trying. Welcome to the SLP. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Why can't I do this? Oh my gosh. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. <laughs> okay.